Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a glorious day to be together in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. You know, somebody told me that Tony Gregory was retiring from teaching. Now, that doesn't mean he's just given up and stopped quitting and all that good stuff. That just means he says, I don't want the responsibility of scheduling all these teachers all the time. And I told them, when they told me this, I said, I'll believe it when I see it. Because, you know, he's kind of told me, he's that Pastor, I'm going to step down. But after about the third time, I said, I don't believe him anymore. <laughs> but I'm super thankful. Tony, come here for a minute. Bring that pretty wife of yours, too, because I know, I, know I know the neck that turns the head, buddy. Come on down here, Miss Evie. We know the neck that turns the head. We're just thankful for this couple. Tony, how many years have you been teaching the Sunday school class? Well, I go a long way back. I remember they gave me a, 28 years ago. They celebrated my 50th birthday. <laughs> a lot of black balloons. I was teaching then. So I've been here for 43 years, and so... Uh, sometimes I was directing the choir, and uh, so it's been off and on for over 40. Goes on past that, even at uh, the Mountain View Church. So it's been right at uh, 50 years or better. We are so thankful for them. Can we just, yeah? Can we just give them a big hand? If you want to stand, we appreciate you guys. We love you. You guys are amazing. But you know, more than just teaching, these guys have been compassionate, uh, loving people, caring for people. They've they have visited shut-ins. They've they've reached out to to widows and widowers, and 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 just just an awesome couple. And we're so thankful for them. We we want you to know that we love you, and we're so excited for. You know what you have done, but also to know that you're sticking in and, and you're going to be sitting in that class keeping the other teachers straight. Straighten them out. All right. This is from the church, from your class and the church. We just love you and thank you guys so much. Thank you guys. Amen. Amen. Good to have some Allisons with us. I've, I've known the Allison family for a couple of years now. <laughs> about 16, something like that. You guys were little, little types back then. But uh, good to see you guys here. So thankful that uh, you chose to be with us today. I know Bonnie's back there smiling from ear to ear. She's, she's smiling so big her ears are wet. I'm just telling you. But we are so thankful. We love you guys. And hopefully we'll get some time to hang out afterwards. If you're visiting with us, we're so thankful. I'm so glad to see Marvin's sisters with him. Right? We... Um, I've been praying for a long time with Linda for help to keep him straight. And so finally, the Lord has sent us some help. Thank you guys for being here. Good to have Miss Elizabeth with, with us this morning. Um, she is the daughter of Pastor Sam Hill. I'll, I told him, I said, what the Sam Hill's going on here? <laughs> but so thankful that I uh, had the privilege of 
meeting this family and being with them and looking forward to continuing ministering and continuing to uh, connect and see what God's going to do in your family. I believe God is bringing restoration, Elizabeth. And I'm believing for... Uh, I'm believing for your sister's daughter, Samantha, for healing. I'm believing for Steve. I'm believing for Robert. I'm believing God's going to bring salvation and completeness in their life. Amen? Amen. 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 I'm sorry we're on the short. Y'all on the short. This ain't the short bus. It's just the short pews today, guys. But uh, I thank you. You've had to spread the youth out. I mean, look. I mean, we've got youth here and youth all the way back. Man, that's y'all look good. You got youth from the front to the back. Look back there. Amen. Amen. You you might have seen last week in our in our bulletin we are uh, putting out a purpose statement and throw, putting together um, our core values and th- and this is really areas that I feel like we as a church want to work on and and be better at and these are areas where I believe um, that God is leading us. And through prayer, through fasting, through um, collaboration, we have. This is what we felt like the Lord is speaking to us: that we want to be spirit-led. Amen. When you say spirit-led, I, I, I really mean being obedient to God's word and open to His move. I don't ever want to get in the way of God, but I always want to be obedient to His plan. Amen. But also wants to to be authentic, pursuing real and honest relationships. You know, so many times we are. In a church environment, we come in with our mask on, and we, we like to put on our pretty faces for service, don't we? But the reality is, is that we are all just normal folks who put on our pants just like everybody else, and we, and, and we, we, we need Jesus like everybody else, right? And so um, I'm just I'm thankful that uh, I believe we have a great, authentic, real group of people who just who believe who they are is who God's created them, and they're seeking God for his strength and encouragement. So let's be authentic. Let's be missional. Let's be intentionally striving together to meet the needs locally and globally. And I'm so thankful that we have that mindset already, but I want us to really focus in on what God's calling us to do in this day and hour. Let's be life-giving, offering hope and restoration uh, to individuals and families and community. You know, this past Monday night at our Celebrate Recovery, uh, those there was a lady who was passing by and she she got past the church and said the Lord told her to turn around and she turned around and came in and and during the worship time man she just ran to the altar and fell at the altar of the Lord on that on this past Monday night and I'm just believing that we are a we're a center of hope for people who who need to find the Lord Jesus Christ and it was so such a blessing to see God moving and uh, us offering that place of, of safety where they can come and, and find the presence and power of the Lord. I want us to be collaborative, you know, endeavoring to work united within uh, the church, uh, within the church and its ministries. Because how many know we got to work together? Amen. Right? Um, we have. To, I, I I see sometimes that we are a bunch of gears moving and everybody's doing phenomenal things. But man, what would it be like? When we become united and we all begin, those gears start rolling in the right direction, man, we are, I believe we'll be an unstoppable train for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, so as, a, as a believers, we are a body of believers willingly and humbly working together to achieve Christ's vision. And what is Christ's vision? It's to seek the law, serve others, disciple, and send the disciples. Amen? So you will see... 
that more often. You'll hear it more often because I really hope that we can hold each other accountable. That's something that, that's a bad word these days, holding each other accountable. But I pray that we will hold each other accountable to truly uh, operating because every one of these, I believe, are giftings and, and every one of these are characters of Christ Jesus. And I believe that he wants us to operate in this fashion. Amen? This, yesterday we had a great, uh, great time with our senior adults. I joined in. I'm starting to get a little gray, so I just said, I'm just, my little gray is going to let me in, right? It's my ticket. So I came in last night, and we had a great time. Oh, boy. You, you are in trouble. That's me dreaming of my, uh, of my date that stood me up. My, my, my wife is in, in uh, Middle Tennessee with her mother this weekend. All of her siblings came in for her mother's birthday. So here I am dreaming of her. And then S Steve Mosier was supposed to sit beside me. At least we were going to kind of console each other a little bit. And, and then he didn't even show up. I was like, man, what? I'm, I'm just a poor date. What in the world? Anyway. Yeah, you guys, um, I love you. <laughs> but we had a great time. Yesterday morning, we had a Your Words Matters teaching. You know, I believe that all of us have great intentions in loving people. Don't you? I mean, I, I really feel like, but sometimes, sometimes our words don't depict that. Sometimes we don't use our words correctly, and, and how we use our words might actually push people away rather than bringing people in. And so what a great training uh, that was to really help us understand and how to truly love people where they are and, and offer them a place where they can find that peace and love and compassion and see the Lord's hand move and, and transform their lives. Amen? Amen. It's good to have some uh, rice with us. Good to see you guys. Awesome. It's almost like uh, Rice Krispie you know, treats, man. You guys are just a, just a treat to see you guys. Amen. All right, I'll quit. <laughs> Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We all know this as the love verses. Say love. Love. That's right. That's right. Love. You got to love somebody. Well, guess what? On the 21st, the painters begin the painting. Yeah. So on the 21st, they will start on that Monday painting. The light guys are working on getting us the lights in, if they can ever be shipped from China and get here. I mean, uh, anyway, the, no, no, we are working on, we're working on getting the lights also done during that time. Also during that time, uh, all of our sprinkler heads, how, how many know that sprinkler heads have to be changed every once in a while? I didn't know that. I didn't know, I didn't know that. I'm thinking they're good. They've not been used. <laughs> but evidently, about every 20 years, they have to be taken down, cleaned, shipped off to, to test, and be put back in. And so, um, so in the process of while we're doing painting and putting in lights, uh, we are going to go ahead and put all new uh, our heads or sprinkler heads in so that... Uh, you know, my only problem is, is, man, I want the fire of God to fall in this place. 
And I don't want no sprinklers putting me out. Come on. <laughs> Let it be, Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove, remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. Verse 3, and if, I, and if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, and and is not jealous, love does not brag, and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly, it does not seek its own, it is not provoked, does not take into account of wrongs suffered, sometimes it's good to elbow somebody right there, does not take into account wrongs suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Come on. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Verse 8 says, love never fails. goes on to say, but if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away with. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away with. Hmm. If it's often stated that love conquers all, Love, in a sense, is the greatest force in the universe, right? I mean, it is that which gives healing in life. It binds the soul together and whispers to us that all will be well. We can see throughout the Bible that love conquers fear. Love conquers evil. Love conquers sin. Thank you, Jesus, right? But the power of love comes from the source of love, amen? It is not a thing uh, in and of itself. This is the mistake I believe the world often makes. When, we, when, we lo when love becomes the object of our honor and the object of our praise, love begins to vaporize, if you will. But if we let the radiance of love call us back to its source, we find the true person as to why love conquers all. We find the lover, amen, uh, behind love, and that lover is committed to conquering all that is not love and all that is not lovely. The lover is God himself. Aren't you glad that we serve God who loves us? Amen? Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So when we see the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, I mean, that together love, that mutual love, love conquers all because God is love. God has already won the victory. We sing that, your victory, amen? God has already conquered sin, death, hell, and the grave. Amen, amen. I mean, love conquers all. When you look at the scriptures and the meaning behind that, we see that the word conquer itself literally gives us the picture of that there's a battle. How many understand that we're in a warfare? We don't always like to, to think about that when we think of what does love conquer all mean and how do we understand the terms and how do we see that in the biblical picture of love. But the very idea of conquering implies that we are in a battle. We're fighting this battle. There's a massive war being fought between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. And thank God that love always wins. Amen? 
You know, even throughout history, whether you look at various, whether you're a movie watcher or not, you can see that there's always been this element of, of good and bad, light and darkness. Some of you guys are Star Wars fans. I can sense it. The force is strong with you. <laughs> I'm sorry. don't mean to offend anybody. I understand that that is not good stuff, all right? I only have coffee cups with all of the characters. Anyway, <clears throat> but you, we realize that... The, that we serve a triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? And we understand that He loves us and that His power is enormous. But we also realize that there is a war and it's almost as if we're fighting a triune, an unholy triune thing going on. The world and the structures opposed to God. The unholy trinity seeks to dominate hatred, dominate by hatred and deception and, and manipulation and through power struggles. When we think of the world, we think of all of its structures that are against God, that oppose God. We think of sin that, uh, that, that corrupts the flesh, right? We think of Satan and all of his demonic schemes. But the Father gave us his only begotten Son, right? The Father gave us the Holy Spirit sacrificially so that we could be empowered by the presence of God to be overcomers, to display the love of God in and through us. We have to, we can't underestimate the power of love. I think we often do. We underestimate the power of love to conquer all of the enemies. We underestimate the, the wisdom and, and the anointing and the glory of God that shines through us to be able to conquer. The actual phrase, love conquers all, is not in the Bible. Now, there are scriptures that, that we see that give us that understanding that love conquers all. One of those being Romans chapter 8 and 37. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors. Somebody say more than conquerors. More than conquerors. And all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Aren't you glad? Thank God. Paul was just just had mentioned all the hardships that the believers would go through. He had just mentioned uh, all these things that they would face, and, 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 and yet none of these in the end keep us from experiencing the love of God. In fact, through His conquering love for us, we become super conquerors of all of our situations. Amen? I think too many times we, especially modern-day Western Christians, look at our circumstances and we determine how we love God or how God loves us based on our circumstances. Oh, me, and praise God, and help me, Lord, right? And so if we don't feel good or we don't see things being blessed in our home, we wonder, does God really love me? Does God really care? And yet we cannot read... Uh, we cannot read 1 Peter chapter 3. We cannot read these scriptures and recognize that even through the trials, even through the hardships, even through the struggles, that is when our faith and that is when our love is truly made known because we love God in spite of the consequences. We love God in spite of the struggles and the circumstances that we face because God loves us even when we were unlovable. Come on. 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says, Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And it goes on in verse 8 and says this, 
Love never fails. Wow. Paul is delivering to us a tribute, if you will, to the supremacy of what love really is. How love is, is more than enough. Love conquers all. It's everything we need. Amen. And he makes this amazing statement that love bears and endures whatever wrongs or whatever irritations or whatever struggles that we go through. Love Love also believes and hopes the best for others, seeing with the eyes of faith what others could be. Love truly does conquer. To show the supremacy of, of love, he contrasts three things just after that scripture where it says, where it says love never fails. He said where, where prophecies will cease, where tongues will be stilled where knowledge will cease right so he's he's depicting this idea of contrasting three very important things that the new church was leaning into he was depicting the fact that these are things that people wanted but he was saying that that these things aren't sufficient without love amen I mean, when you look at the, the word to cease, it literally means to render ineffective or to be paused. In other words, you can be prophesying, but if you're not displaying the character of love, your prophecy will be ineffective and will not be received or, recept or receptive, right? You could speak with the tongues, as he said in the very beginning, though you speak with the tongues of men and angels and you have not love, it will sound as a clinging cymbal and a sounding brass. Because... What it does is it makes the giftings ineffective when we don't display the character of God's love. I mean, we also understand that he put in the word knowledge, right? I mean, sometimes I think some people's lost some knowledge. Don't you look back at me. But the reality is, is that when you, when you, when you understand this, without love, we only understand in part. But when the perfect law of love is understood, it opens the door for divine wisdom. It opens the door for the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit to direct the giftings of God to touch people's lives in the most impactful way that it can. Amen? I mean, if you really dig into this, Jesus had already revealed himself, right? I mean, this was... This was after Jesus had been resurrected. Jesus, the perfect, had already come, right? Because it says when the perfect comes, the partial is not necessary. But what it's saying is, is that when we understand the perfect law of God, which is love, the perfect love of God, when it is fully made known, when it is fully aware, the partial is no longer, right? What's the opposite of partial? Complete, right? And so when you look even down at verse 12, he says, he says the, the partial will be done away with, but what is the opposite? So he says in verse 12, know in part, but then I will know fully. I don't know about you, but we need a move of the love of God so rich and so deep in us that we operate in the giftings of the Holy Spirit in such a way that it is so impactful that the world sees the love of God through 
the body of Christ, that everything begins to change because then they see the true love of God shining through the people of God. It is not with hypocrisy. It is not with agenda. It is not with power struggle. It is because the people of God love God so much that they are willing to overlook all of the, all of the hurts and all the brokenness to say, Jesus Christ loves you. He created you in his image. He cares about you. And if he cares about you, even in your broken state, God can love you back to righteousness and holiness and right relationship and I'm here just to show you the love of Jesus Christ come on somebody amen amen John 16 33 says in this world you will have tribulations now I know we don't like that just wait a minute now I didn't get saved for tribulations I didn't get saved for trials but in this world, it's inevitable. You're going to face struggles. In this world, you're going to face trials. But Jesus said this, Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Somebody needs to know that in Christ Jesus, we are overcomers because he's already overcome. Amen? Praise God. Jesus is teaching his disciples for the last time before his death. And, and, and the last words that as he was teaching, I have overcome the world well how does he overcome because he submitted himself to the cross the horrible cross of Calvary for us why because he loves every single one of you John 3 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever will believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life God loved you you're wondering sometimes when you look in the mirror how could God love me how could God care about me? How could God forgive me? How could God want to use me? I know who I am. I know where I've been. I know what I've done. But God says you're never too far to be brought back in. You're never too far to be loved. I love you with an everlasting love, the Lord says. Somebody needs to know you are loved by the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. One of the first things that I recognize when I think about the love of God is that love dismantles the power of sin. Love dismantles the power of sin. We all have habits, hurts, and hang-ups that we may not be willing to declare. <laughs> I declare, right? We may not be willing to uh, allow them out of the the hidden places that we hide our secret things come on we may not be able to share them and, and think of of God loving us and so sometimes we try to resist the change that God wants to make in our life sometimes I believe we're so caught in the brokenness that we think that's supposed to be the norm and we don't realize that there's something so much greater that God has. There's something so much more that God wants to do. There's such a freedom, and yet we feel so broken that we don't recognize the freedom that God has for us. And we've been walking in brokenness so long that we don't even know we're broken. God help us, right? And then in that process, sometimes we feel like, well, I've tried and I've tried and we feel powerless and the more we try, we, the more frustrated we get, the more we get discouraged because I just can't overcome. I just can't get it. I just can't. I'm, I'm tired and all these, we, we can call it addictions, we can call it bad habits, we can call it char character defects. Paul called it a thorn in the flesh. But whatever you call it, 
God is able because when the, the perfect love of God enters, the bondage begins to break off. Amen. We might feel stuck, but I'm here to tell you that God's four-wheel drive love can get you out of no matter what muddy hole you find yourself in. Come on. Amen. God wants to open our heart. He wants us to receive his love. He wants us to, 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 to receive exactly where we are. Somebody says, why would God reach down to the place that I am? I'm here to tell you, I've been in some dark places and the light has shined in the dark places. Amen? He has pulled me out of my bondage. Proverbs chapter 10 and 12 says, hatred stirs up strife, but love conquers all transgressions. It didn't say some. It didn't say that he'll take care of your little sins, but every transgression, every fault, every failure, every ugly thing that you might think, can God do this? He says, love conquers all transgressions. First Peter chapter 4 and 8 says, above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love conquers a multitude of sin. Amen? Somebody said, well, I just got one. Or I got, well, geez, you've been lying to yourself already. I'm sorry. He conquers a multitude of sins. But you know what I find is most, most sin patterns are simply disordered love. Most sin patterns are, are mainly disordered love. It's love that's been misplaced, love that's been misaligned, love that's been misused, love that has been disordered. We, we have a, a plethora of disorders these days, Right? Every little emotional difference that we face, we have disorders, and, and they are real disorders. We're not denying those facts. But I believe that in sin, sin for the majority is disordered love, whether it be, whether it be sensuality, right? Whether it be uh, love for emotional highs. All those are things that drive us into sins that bind us right but we are looking for love as the old song says looking for love in all the wrong places right we've been looking for love in all the wrong places and sometimes I feel that because we've been hurt by somebody who says they love us we even shut the door on love Danny did such a phenomenal job teaching in our brood awakenings for those of you who are on the media team and, and, and during uh, on the worship team Every Sunday morning we have a, a Bible study for those who aren't able to be in the Sunday school classes. And I encourage you, if you're missing Sunday school, get into a Sunday school class. We have some phenomenal teachers who spend their time preparing themselves. And, and, and you want, it's amazing to me because people say, well, I want to be discipled. Or I want my children to be discipled. And we have a mechanism for people to be discipled. And guess what? It's called Sunday school. We'd love to have you there. Amen. I got off track, but that's my chasing rabbits. I'm there. I'm done. Okay. But sometimes people shut the door to love because they've been hurt by somebody who says they love them. We, but when we begin to experience his personal embrace for us, his son and his daughter, a new power is released in us. A new anointing is released in us. We find ourselves as a new creation, a new creation. We find ourselves as new self in Christ. We are given the power to say no to the enemy. You know, that's a hard word that some people say. Say no. No. Say it again. No. Man, when the enemy comes, we need to say no. Right? 
We are not going to live in that any longer. We're not going to be walking in unforgiveness. We're not going to walk in brokenness. We're not going to live that way any longer. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You know, there was a guy that was telling me he was sharing his struggles of his unhealthy addictions. And, and you would think that this is a healthy addiction because he said that I got so unhealthy in my addiction of exercise. Because I was only seeking the affirmation of man and trying to look with my physique like trying to build myself for that affirmation. He said, but my problem is, is that after I would go work out, I also had a great love of food. So I would go and I would work out extremely hard to find the affirmation of man in the physique. And then I would go and eat my, eat my way in, into a bliss because of the lack of affirmation that I received from man. He said it was only later on that after this pattern kept on going for such a long time that the Lord revealed to me that I needed His love. I needed His love and His care. And I realized that I was, I was filled with a void of the emptiness because of the lack of affirmation. And I began to understand that, that Jesus is the only one that can affirm both my physical being as a man and as a brother. And the bondage of food and the bondage of exercise began to break off of me. Now, the bondage of exercise broke off of me a long time ago. I'm just saying. I'm free of that. Oh, God. <laughs> Love dismantles sin's power. Love heals enmity. You know, once you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, don't you want to tell somebody else? I mean, once you've experienced the, the bliss of the love of God, I mean, there's such a peace that passes under that rushes in. Your life has been in turmoil or life feels overwhelmed and sometimes we feel burnt out. And in that moment where we just surrender to the Lord and we just lay it at the altar of God, the bliss of God's love just enters in. And it's so exciting, we just got to tell somebody. How many of you remember the first time you... Ask the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart and what that felt like. Wasn't there such a joy to know the Lord is compassionate and that he cares so much for you that he wanted, that he would want to be with you, that he would want to reside in you as his temple. What an amazing thought. Amazing. We want people to understand that that the love of God is so awesome and, and that, that we can move past difficult relationships. And even, even we want to show the ones who love God, we want to show the people that, we, that we're close to, our family. How many want your family saved? Right? When we experience the love of God, we want them to know. We want them to experience God. But then it moves into something even greater because it moves in, man, I want my enemies to know Jesus. I want those who are against me to know Jesus. I want those who... Who have, who have said some hard things because I want them to know Jesus just like I know Jesus, right? And it's a start by choosing to forgive. It's a start by choosing to, to go to those who have wounded you or you have wounded. In CR we call it making amends, right? We want to make amends where, we're, where it's possible to so, show them the love of God and how the love, love of God has changed us. Amen. You know, when we begin to love in this way, 
It breaks, it breaks through to a freedom, a freedom from bitterness, a freedom from anger, a freedom from, from, the, from the, just the turmoil that goes in our mind. It makes that love tangible by listening, and listening brings healing. You know, for years I struggled with a relationship with a father. And, and it, was just, it was troubling for years. From two and a half years old, I felt abandoned. I felt like I was unloved. I felt like I was uncared for. I felt like there was this tension and hatred that I had for, for those feelings. And, and, and I blowed those up and poured those out on everybody that I was with. My stepfather, who truly did sacrificially love me through those ugly times, felt the rage of my anger and the rage of my abandonment for so long. But I'm so glad that God began to stir my heart as a later teen to recognize that my dad was a broken man and that he needed Jesus just as much as I needed Jesus. And he allowed me to go through a process of forgiveness. Did it happen overnight? There was a few times that I had to forgive him on a daily basis, right? But through that time, God brought healing in my heart and allowed me to not necessarily have a relationship, but allowed me to see him with empathy, allowed me to see him with compassion and see him with love. And let me tell you something, love conquers all. When you begin to look at the object of your scorn and the object of your, of your hatred and the object of your bitterness and you say, I want them to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I want them to be healed. I want the best that God has for them because I know that they, just like me, are created in the image of God and though they might be marred clay but if they're in the master's hands he can make and mold them into what he wants them to be they just need to get in God's hands God deliver them into your hands heal them make them right because love heals all enmity in Jesus name amen amen lastly love believes the best for others I might be said lastly too too soon, but close to lastly. Love believes the best for others. I mean, here is the final way, or one of the final ways that love conquers all. You know, our default mode as humans is to look down on others to make ourselves look better. That hurts. <clears throat> We all carry these sometimes critical tendencies. And, and, and sadly is, is that we allow those tendencies from one degree or another to, to look down on others. It is probably one of the most infectious forms. And it becomes toxic. Leads to mistrust and leads to hatred. It, it leads to toxic environments because we're so busy criticizing the things around us that we can't see the good in what God is doing. Amen and oh me, Lord, right? I mean, it's the beginning of all of prejudices and all the biases and all the prejudgments where the things that make someone unique and, and valued become the very subject of criticism and aggravation. 
But the way love is, and the way love is so different, instead of looking for the worst in someone, love begins to find the best in them. Love begins to find the characteristics in individuals that says, you know what, there's something about you that just I really like, you know. And there's times that, look, I guarantee you, you, if I asked you to name one person that just absolutely gets under your skin, you could raise your hand and probably name ten. Right? But to think that for every person that gets under your skin, there is something about them that is good. There's something about them that, that is righteous, that God has, that he's gifted them with, and they are valuable in the kingdom of God. They might be broken, and it could be that you're broken. It could be that the lenses of your perspective aren't seeing what God sees, and it could be the fact that we need to be healed, and it might not be just them. Amen? So we need to be available to allow God to help us to see others as he did and to look, and maybe that's what Paul was saying, maybe that's what Paul was saying when he says, love believes all things and hopes all things. And he ends with love, right, never fails. In the end, love conquers all. Love brings deliverance, Right? pianist you can play softly <laughs> love brings deliverance you know I, I just was perusing through the, the New Testament and looking at just various passages of Jesus and how he delivered people and it was amazing to, to see the obstacles and the the things that he had to face in the process of loving people. One is Luke chapter 19, where Jesus was entering into the, into the city, and there's this little guy who is anxious because he just wants to get a glimpse of Jesus. Now, there's a whole lot of people that Jesus could touch. There's a whole lot of people who probably would love to experience his presence in their home and love to experience his presence around their family. But this wee little man, as we would call him, right, named Zacchaeus was climbing into a tree just to see Jesus. And Jesus walking down through there, despite the scorn that he would receive, despite the thoughts of why would he do such a thing like that, doesn't he know who that guy is? Jesus looked and said, Zacchaeus, come down for I'm going to your house. You know what's amazing about that is that Jesus was willing to look past all of Zacchaeus's predispositions, willing to look past all of Zacchaeus's flaws and character issues and says, I know that there's somebody in Zacchaeus that, that is good and I love him and I'm going to his house. And on the way to his house, here's what Zacchaeus began to say. He says, Lord, half of everything I have, I'm going to give to the poor. I mean, before Jesus ever entered his house, here's Zacchaeus laying out, if I have done something wrong or taken something illegally or illegitimately, I'm going to give them four times back. I mean, look, Jesus has already made an impact and you haven't even sat the table yet. How many times could we just look at somebody 
Yes, they might have character flaws. Yes, they might have done some things wrong. Yes, they might be considered an outcast to society. Yes, it might ruin your reputation to sit with them in their home. But it just could be one conversation that absolutely transforms their life. Amen. We've got to be willing to recognize that love brings deliverance in people's lives. It might cost you something. But are you willing to do it? I mean, when Jesus, I mean, look, Jesus even got crazy. He even healed a mother-in-law. Mother-in-law, if you're watching, I love you too. Right? I mean, he healed, in Mark, Matthew chapter 8, he healed Peter's mother-in-law. In Matthew chapter 8 as well, verses 1 through 4, we see a leopard. I, I have a bunch of these. But we see Jesus with a multitude and a leper comes up. Now Jesus could have absolutely just said, you stay over there, you're healed, go present yourself to the priest. But how many know that when you truly value and love someone, it will take you the extra mile. It will, it will cause you to make risks that the world sees as crazy. Why would you even get close to that person? Because they're infected with a disease that will absolutely destroy your life. The leper came to Jesus and says, If you are willing, you can heal me. Man, the world, let me tell you something, guys. I believe there's many times the world has more faith than we do. They really believe that there's something greater than them that can help them, but they just don't know who to touch. They don't know who, they don't know who to go to. They've been preconditioned to go to the bar. They've been preconditioned for poor relationships. They've been preconditioned for one thing after another. And, and the crazy thing is the church expects them to know what's right. The church expects them to just... Don't you know Jesus can save you? And then we expect them to come in with their three-piece suit and their hair just perfect and say, Woo, they got saved. But when the leper came with Jesus, he was not clean. He was diseased. He was an outcast. He was one that everybody held on the outside and said, Don't you come near me. There's a world out there who's longing for a touch, who's longing for a word, who's longing for something that can, that can absolutely transform their lives because they know where they are is disgusting. They know where they are is, is filled with hatred and filled with the, the horrific things of the world. Jesus looked at him and he didn't just say, You're healed. <laughs> he went up and he touched him. He touched him. I'm willing. Be clean. That touch, the word is what declared the healing. The touch began to bring healing for emotional wounds. Began to bring healing for 
the turmoil that he has been, the loneliness that he has faced, the isolation and abandonment from everybody he loves was healed in a touch. Love conquers all. You know, in our first house that Kim and I purchased, it was an old, I call it Mill Hill House. Y'all know what a Mill Hill House is? The windows were those old windows that had the metal rods in the side, right? The weights. You push them up and the weights come down. And the, you didn't see those weights because they were in the side, right? Well, we had one that it, you stand in front of it in the winter and you feel the wind blowing through. And so what I, in my brilliance, decided to do, I am not a construction guy, I'm not a mechanic, but I am willing to do crazy things. My thought was is that the only way I'm going to get this fixed is if I take that window out. Right? So, in the middle of winter, I was cold. I decided to knock the window out and then go to Lowe's to see if I could find a replacement. It wasn't a standard window, and we'll be about a month before they got one in. You know, there's so many of us that know we need something changed in our life. But we've lived with the cold blowing through so long that we've got a custom, and we're not willing to knock the window out. I would have never changed the window if I hadn't taken the first step to knock it out. Some of you this morning, you've been afraid to take the step. It's working. Well, the window's there. At least it's functioning. But it's not functioning good. You've been coping with the same problem for year after year after year. And God's saying, my love will conquer all. My love will set you free. My love will give you a freedom from all of the past anger, from all of the woundedness, from all of the brokenness that you have felt, from all of the hurt that has been done against you. My love will conquer all. But somebody's got to knock the window out first. My question to you this morning is, are you willing to knock that window out? Are you willing to allow God to do in you what you've been longing to be done for so long? There's no greater love than the love of God and no love more precious to bring healing in your life than what He can give. I know we pastors will like close your eyes. Right? Look, this is the greatest body right here who will love you and embrace you, who will not look at you with an, an evil eye or think anything less of you because all of us are broken people who God is putting back together. But if you say this morning, Pastor, I'm ready. 
I'm ready to take that step. I'm ready to make my life renewed in Him. Would you be willing to raise your hand right where you are? It's all right. It's okay. I mean, if you want to do it with them, I mean, I'm okay. I just want to see people whole. I don't want to see you or myself or my kids walking in brokenness any longer. I want to see people truly set free from all the bondages of the past to see their lives truly healed by the power of God's love. Pastor, I need, I need that this morning. Would you raise your hand? See, I left the eyes up. Y'all ain't, ain't raising your hands. If I closed the eyes, y'all would have raised your hand. Father, I'm so thankful, Lord, that even now you care for us. And I'm so thankful, Lord, that you're not willing to allow the the look of others to keep you from touching our lives. I'm so thankful that you were willing to stand in a synagogue with a man with a withered hand and though it was on the Sabbath and everybody would judge you for doing what you did, you was not concerned with the religious zealots but you were concerned with a soul being touched by you. And you said, reach forth he stretched his hands out and you healed him Lord I pray that if there's anyone in this room right now God that needs a healing whether it be emotional whether it be physical Lord whether it be spiritual wounds that they have felt from religious people I pray that today that they will find healing and hope in you in Jesus' name, amen, amen. They're going to play a song, and I know we're going to eat here in a minute, and I hope that all of you guys will stay and eat. Uh, we're going to have a little cake auction, and that's going to help with Operation uh, Christmas Child to help raise funds for that, and our youth ministry would love for you to stay in and be a part of that. I'm going to baptize someone right now, and maybe... You come and say, well, I'm not prepared to be baptized, but that's all right. We'll find you a towel somewhere. If you say, Pastor, there's some things in my life that I'd like to get rid of. I'd like to bury them in baptism. I appreciate Brianna talking about baptismo because sometimes I think we superficially allow God to do things in our life. But when you talk about baptism, baptism, Josephus the historian wrote about baptism of ships being baptized in the sea. Literally, he was saying they would be sunk into the sea. And so, if there's something that you would like to see buried in your life, something that's been hindering, then today, why don't we allow that to be sunk, if you will, in the waters of baptism and let God raise you in new life and new strength and new hope. Amen. They're going to sing this song and then we're going to baptize.
for for sharing some might say that it was embarrassing my first Sunday here and we had an interview and questions were being asked Sherry asked a new unique question but I appreciated it I'm okay with it. Nobody knows what we go through. And I think that we put people in a box of their past. But I'm thankful that that Sherry's willing to say, you know what? I need to let some things go in my life. And I need true healing to take place. And I believe the first step that I need to take is to be baptized because I want the Lord to know that I am sold out to Him. We talked on the phone and this past week when I preached on you have left your first love. You know, a lot of people say you've lost your first love, but it actually says you've left your first love. And we talked about that and it was through that week that we heard that multiple times. Today, we're, we're displaying that we're coming back. Amen. Amen. Let's come back.
She took the words out of my mouth. If anyone else today will find you a towel. Thank you guys so much this morning. V, it's good to see you here. Thankful for you. Looking forward to see what God's going to do in your life. Bella, God bless you. Would you listen? There was an announcement made, and it was erroneous, and I apologize. The movie is going on this evening, um, so if, if there was confusion in that, I'm sorry. Jeff, could you tell us what time that is? Oh, he's looking for his boss. It's in the bulletin. So Six o'clock tonight in here. Six o'clock tonight in here. If you like, bring your family. Enjoy. It'll be a great time. Please hang out. Stay with us. There's there's plenty of food. The youth would love to serve and uh, you for you to participate. God bless you guys. So good to see all of you here. Love somebody. Let them know you're glad to see them this morning. Amen. <laughs>